Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. Hey, over the last year, you've likely noticed we've added a new blogger to the Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever websites. That new blogger's name is Kang Yang, and he is a guy who became an adult onset bird hunter after he was an actually an anti-hunter for a large portion of his uh, young adult life. Along his path, his journey, um, a bird dog changed his perspective. And we'll learn about the set of circumstances um, of how that bird dog came into King's life and how he's now become a voice for the uplands, a voice for the Minnesota DNR, backcountry hunters and anglers, uh, a person that's dove headfirst into bird hunting and wildlife conservation and trying to recruit others to give back to the wild places and public access in the birds we care about so much. So today's episode focuses on King's story. And uh, it, it's the beginning of a, a series of stories or, or Pheasant Fest re- or episodes related to featured guests coming up at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic, which happens in Minneapolis on February 17th, 18th, and 19th. And Kang is going to be one of our featured guests on the public land stage at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So got a few episodes lined up here before the, the big... Super Bowl for the Uplands. I'll probably get sued for using the word Super Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, kicks off in, in the Twin Cities in February. And he, the giggling you hear, uh, I've asked Jared Wickland back on the podcast. It's been a minute since you were on. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been a hot minute. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm excited for this podcast. Uh, Kang and I have become good friends. We actually met at the Washington County Pheasants Forever Banquet, and we'll get into all that. But um, just uh, just a great guy and somebody who've had a, a chance to hang out with in the field a little bit. And uh, we text back and forth, and he's just he's just an overall swell guy and a great representative uh, of the Uplands and and uh, you know recruit, retain, reactivate in general R three. So so before we get to our featured guest, just give folks. Um kind of your background, where you're from, what you do for the organization, just to get a perspective on uh, on, on the voice that is Jared Wickley. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, Jared Wickley, I'm the public relations manager for Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever. So worked on a lot of earned media, um, advertising. I do quite a few podcasts, radio interviews. Um, I do a bit of bit of writing for the magazine. I do a bit of writing for our blogs as well. Um, and I, I pitch in wherever needed. Um, I feel like my perspective of the organization is pretty wide. Uh, I came from the background of a regional representative, so I worked with 52 chapters in southern Iowa. Um, I know a lot of them listen to this podcast. Hey, guys and gals, <laughs> nice to uh, nice to be back. And uh, I talked with a lot of people who had you know wonderful hunting experience in Iowa this year. I think we're going to learn a little bit about that from Kang as well. But I helped uh, helped to service chapters from a customer service perspective. 
and uh, we, we have some of the greatest volunteers in the country. And um, right before that gig, I was a uh, I was a public relations specialist intern, actually under under the under the voice of the Super Bowl over here, Mr. Bob <laughs> St. Pierre. Oh, now we're gonna get sued <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, it's sued twice. <laughs> and uh, that position opened up. I came back up to the office, and I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going on. Uh, this will be, I think, coming up will be my ninth year at Pheasants Forever headquarters in in the public relations department. We have great people here, great staff, great department, and I'm just. Just happy and, and blessed to be in this role. So as we record this in uh, middle January, the playoffs NFL play, since we since we've mentioned Super Bowl multiple times, yeah, now, yeah, uh, let's get our Super Bowl predictions out of the way. <laughs> uh, so this mid January, this will air towards the end of January. Um, it, we'll start with Jared. Do you have a Super Bowl? The, every team that's we know the teams that are in the playoffs. I was going to say, thank God it's not the Packers, but I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. And, and we, have, um, <laughs> we have not started. We're, we're a couple days away from the first playoff game. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, – so knowing all this, there's everybody in the field, and this is a long shot, right? But, you know, what the heck? Let's, let's, let's uh, make some predictions. What's your uh, Super Bowl team? Um, I'm I'm a I'm a Vikings fan at heart, and I, I want to say the Vikings. But when you look at sort of the roller coaster year they've had and the really close games, um, you know there there there's some awesome teams coming up. And I think uh, I think either I'm going to go probably with the the big picks is I, I think either the Eagles or the Chiefs. I mm-hmm. mean they're just they're super strong um, across the board, offense and defense. And I I I don't see too many people coming in and. I don't. I don't think Brady has it in him to, to <laughs> take Tampa Bay all the way. So, so Eagles versus Chiefs, and who wins? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Chiefs. They just have. They have a lot of talent, right. and they've been there before. All right, that's solid pick. Plays into it, solid. King. Plays I have no idea it. if you're a football fan. Uh, not really, but <laughs> I love the Vikings, though. But <laughs> Our, well, it's it, it's never stopped uh, you know people on podcasts from making predictions. Anyways, yeah. do, you have a, do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Um, for sure, I think the Vikings will go. I mean, they have, <laughs> they've had oh, they such had, a homer. <laughs> they've had a rocky season, like Jared said, but I think if they're gonna do it, it's gonna be this year. New coach, new energy. You mm. know, like Kirk's been playing good. Mm-hmm. I mean. If this if they're gonna do it, this is the year to do it. I will tell you when they when they uh, when they clenched uh, the NFC North, uh-huh. I had a dream that night that I woke up. We were in the playoffs, and they chose me to blow the Gallerhorn or whatever <laughs> <laughs> at US Bank Stadium. So I'm, I'm living, still living on that dream. <laughs> you got you got what less than a month to grow a beard. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Well, since we're doing this, uh, I'm gonna go. Bills, Niners in the Super Bowl, and the Bills are going to come out victorious. I I just got the Bills feeling are tough. That this is the this is the year for them. So. Nice. Yep. Um. Yeah. You know. You never yeah. know what's going to go on in a podcast. There's a Super Bowl picks. Yep. So. <laughs> you <laughs> heard it play. here first, folks. Put Before twenty dollars in the pot. Let's put twenty dollars. You in know, the and, and <laughs> folks that are frequent listeners to the podcast know I absolutely blew up my college football picks. <laughs> <laughs> I was riding the University of Michigan, and that didn't work out so well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So let's start at the end. Yeah. And at the end is. The last time the three of us were together, 
Um, <laughs> I, I was buried in snow. <laughs> so, Keg, tell us about that hunt from your perspective. So it was the final, I think it was December 27th, right? Yep. It was yep. two days after Christmas. Yep. Uh, the three of us were like, well, that's a good day. You go to Southwest Minnesota. Yeah. The office is a little bit quieter, right? Um, and let's go. Let's go chase roosters together. Yeah, I would call that uh, not a hunt, but an initiation. <laughs> 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 like these two want to make sure I know how. They, they're probably like, we gotta test him. Make sure he's not bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true because it was. I mean, that was not um, a hunt for the faint of heart. No, it wasn't. We just had like a foot of snow or two right mm-hmm. on that big storm so um i mean i don't remember it being that cold but yeah it was the final so if folks remember it was the, the polar vortex bomb cyclone yeah. whatever you want just to yeah right on the back side uh, of it. it was the final day before a warm-up yeah um so it wasn't super negative mm-hmm. temperatures but i i remember driving out there and it was like 12 degrees on our way out with like 15 mile an hour winds. Oh, yeah, that wind. And the temperatures climbed, you know, by into the low 20s, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. And it looked like the surface of the moon Mm -hmm. the entire drive out. (laughs) I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it's one of those hunts where you look and say, hmm, uh, is this going to work out, you know? <laughs> is and it worth it? <laughs> it did. It yeah. did. Well, well totally. so, that, so it, it did work out. Yeah. But the spoiler alert, but take us take us through the hunt in your words. Yes. Um. You know, I was excited. I'm like, this is my chance to hunt with Bob St. Pierre and <laughs> Jared Wicklund, you know, and, you know, I was, I'm always optimistic with my hunts, any kind of hunt I go on. And so... You know, I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember. I'm like, we're gonna get limit today. You did that's, say that. <laughs> that's our, that's <laughs> our goal. And I was time. a wimp because I was like, let's stop and have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. Fill the tank. I Fill slowed us tank. down a little bit because we had yeah. all gotten up at like 6 a.m. Yep. Or maybe earlier to get. We met in O Dark 30 because mm-hmm. we had a bit of a drive. Yeah. And I looked at the temperature in the wind. I was like, let's eat breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and the first day you sat down, you're like, we're getting limits today. <laughs> yep. Sorry to no. cut you off. So, but you were, you're, you're, you're right on. You, you do lead with optimism. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, every hunt you have to. That's, that's, how, you, I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you come out happy, I guess. Say. <laughs> well, for me. But, you know, like we went out. Yeah, we had breakfast. Usually not what I do. I usually <laughs> just get out there right away. But, you know, that was great. Um, kind of a, ch- a change of pace, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, got to the field, at, uh, the private land field that we hunted on. Mm-hmm. That was great. I mean, we walked. First we went in there, and then the snow was like, okay, this isn't bad. And then we actually first walked into a, a wildlife area, public wildlife yep. area that um, was bordering some private land we had public. Yeah, um, saw access some, to. Mm-hmm. saw some tracks. You know, you're like, you're like, let's go over there, swing back, and I'm like, okay. And then you know, we just kind of split up and walked it, and mm-hmm. no birds came up then, but you know, that's how it is. A lot of deer. One hand. Oh yeah, one hand. That's right. One hand and about forty deer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were stacked. Yeah, we we're like, how come these birds aren't in these evergreens? You know, there was just a nice shelter belt there. Mm-hmm. But that was surprising because it was yeah. beautiful shelter belt on a wildlife management area. That mm-hmm. you know, the grass we walked through. Yeah, there was it's probably knee deep high snow. Yeah, and there was no place for them to be in that. And so the obvious place was that they were going to be in those evergreens. Yeah, and they weren't there. They weren't there. The shelter belt was nice, and I remember coming out the backside. We both looked at each other and said, "There's only like 
you know, on the outside rows, there was quite a bit. And uh-huh. fortunately, you were the one walking through that. And I, I was on the inside <laughs> walking through three or four inches of, of kind of powdery stuff. But I know we got to the end. We sort of looked at each other and go, it's a, it, it, it's a wonderful shelter belt. I don't know how many rows wide it was, quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, there was absolutely no wind in there whatsoever, not, not even that much snow. But there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a food source real close to that there wasn't like yep. the the bedroom next to the kitchen as yeah. they say and i think that's why we looked at each other and said sort of think we know where they're, where gonna, they're gonna be, be. yeah <laughs> totally so i agree keep, with you keep going <laughs> yeah then we um circled back onto private um and you know that that was tough actually, actually going back on that private land because mm-hmm. you think it'd be easier walking through that crp but that snow was it was beautiful blue stem grass yeah but it was it was tall or um heavy snow Uh and it was drifted yep Mm -hmm. and as we like peek over the hill um as we all walk over the hill you know like 60 yards away roosters are already flying out these thickets Mm -hmm. and we had you run up actually to try to block it (laughs) they were boiling out this willow thicket onto a different piece of private ground that we didn't have access to Mm -hmm. (laughs) you guys both looked at me like you you worked the far end of it like oh okay (laughs) which it did make sense like okay i'll go over there the birds are boiling out that direction i'll try to cut them off yeah uh the the bad part of it was that it was <laughs> right in the path of the wind blowing the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I got to that edge, and, like, literally the snow was up to my nipples. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, it, so it was. <laughs> I'm five foot six, so I'm not that tall. Yeah. But, but, and you guys are giggling at me because I can't walk on top of it because it was soft enough. Mm-hmm. And my short hair is looking back at me, and she's birdie is crazy, right? Yeah. Because these birds are boiling out, and they were in there. And I can't move around, and I, and I dive into those willows, then we'll, we'll mix, pass. With, mix with cattails. Yeah. Uh, mix with cattails. I'll pass the baton to Jared for a moment because that's when the action happened. Yep. Bob, Bob disappeared and <laughs> there were still, there were still birds sort of going out the back. Um, I think they were mostly hens at that point. Cause I didn't see you shoot at all. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting there and I kept thinking to myself, I had my, my lab Luna with, and she was just going absolutely nuts in the middle of this, um, cattail willow patch. And I saw her, I saw her kind of wagging her tail pretty hard. And that's kind of a sure sign. Something, something's about to break loose. And there was a rooster in there and he yep. tried, he tried going out the back and it was a long shot. It was probably, it was probably 40 yards, it was um, a shot. but I was using, using that sweet federal ammunition and we uh, dropped him right into a snowbank, and mm-hmm. he was, uh, he was dead on arrival. So yep. that was great. That was our first, first one of the day. It, we were on the board and I was, uh, I was like, I was a little. I was more pessimistic than you. I was like, Boy, this is gonna be tough. Yeah, I was in your camp, Bob. I was like, this doesn't look great. All your hard work worked out, though. You got, you got, you got us on the board. I worked out for Jared. Yeah. <laughs> so if you ask if Bob's a good blocker, he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I'm on the far end and I'm buried in snow, and you're like, you both look at me. You're like, Bob, you're diabetic, and you're old. And you're, <laughs> you're out of breath. We didn't say it, but <laughs> you, that's what I I could read between the lines. You're like, what? You, you and Jared are like, 
why don't you go walk on the gravel road? I'm like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you had to play smart, I think, when you're hunting pheasants, especially with multiple people. You have yeah. to put, you know, you had to play smart as a team. You know, it's kind of like football. You know, you put, if, you know, you know someone who is uh, going to be slower or, you know, can't walk as fast, <laughs> you put them on. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, can you grab that out of my back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty far and it's twisted. <laughs> yeah. You put them on, you know, the road, or you put them on, you know, you try to get, you put them on a road where they can walk up and block the birds. You know right. I, mean? I was just kind of quickly strategizing there. I'm like, who's the best guy to go over there? Okay, maybe Bob's the best guy to go over there. He was on the left already. We yeah, he's doing yeah. him a favor. That's all. That too. I, yeah. You know, I, I, not too much pride to know that that was the right choice for me too. <laughs> um, all right, so so I get up on the gravel road and what we're doing is following kind of a willow um, path of a kind of a, a stream, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you guys take each side of those willows and start walking and then take, take and grab the baton again. Yeah. So we, me and Jared keep walking, keeping our dogs close because we know they're in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see birds flushing out in front of me like four yards. And I look at you. I'm like, uh, does Bob see them? Maybe Bob sees them so Bob could run up, you know, because mm-hmm. – it's good you were out there on the left side because that way they didn't want to fly to the field, yep. right? Yep. Um, or they didn't want to fly back because it seemed like all the birds wanted to kind of fly out and back towards us. Yep. But with you know us spaced out, they kind of kept going forward. And then um, we bumped into a couple of hens first, of course. Yep. They held yep. tight. And then, yeah, eventually we came up to some roosters. Yeah, the first rooster came up and... It, I was really impressed with the shot you made. Oh, yeah. yeah you made a very, very nice long shot. And it, it was kind of that, we, we, as bird hunters, we've all seen it where you know you hit the bird, and it, but it's flying, 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 and all of a sudden kind of goes straight, yep. it, you know, uh, vertically into the air. Yeah. And then boom, just falls out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, one of those heart shots. And uh, um. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's in the middle of the field. <laughs> on your side. I'm on your side. You I know. <laughs> so I got to retrieve that. But thankfully, um, yeah. Gitchy had seen it in the air and marked it and, and was able to retrieve it. And that, when you made that mm-hmm. shot, there was a wave of birds mm-hmm. that, uh, I'll just say 20 birds, yeah. roughly, <clears throat> got up in the willows, and they flew ahead of us. Oh, probably two football fields, mm-hmm. I'd say. And 90% of them land. So we're walking towards a, a, a paved road. Yeah. Uh, 90% of them land in a cattail slough right before the paved road. 10% of them go over the paved road into a different patch of um, uh, private ground that we're not going to have access to. But mm-hmm. but it's like, whoa, it, 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 we we got a chance here. Yep. And you guys right. saw that too? Yep, I saw that. Okay. <clears throat> That's when I, I think they took that first rooster. Gotcha. Yep. Because I saw it was coming up, was about to go over the willows and go to the right towards Jared. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a shot, and then it kind of fluttered. Mm-hmm. So I knew I hit it, and then it flew out towards you, and then that's when yep. your pup grabbed it. And then, yeah, all those birds flew down there. Um, and I was like, okay, Bob needs to get up there. Bob needs to get up and block them. And I knew that too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God. I know. It's been oh, hard. God. It's a hike. Though. I hope I'm going to make it. <laughs> I know. Because I had just got – the good part was I was on the road, uh-huh. so, which was plowed, right? Yeah. So I, but I, I had – 
I wasn't taking the shortest route uh-huh. that you guys were. Yeah. Now, granted, you guys were trudging through snow, but I knew exactly what you were like. Oh, I got to get up there. Otherwise, those birds are going to boil out. Yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> humping <laughs> to get to the end in front of the paved road yeah. on the other end of the cattails. So as you guys approach, those birds didn't boil out the other yep. end. Mm-hmm. I nearly died, but I made it. <laughs> you made it, and it worked out great. <laughs> All right, so yeah. it did work out yeah. great. Now, take us through that sequence. Yeah, so me uh, and Jared kept pushing. We saw you hiking over to the, you know, to cut them off, um, and we just picked off roosters one by one, mm-hmm. um, the ones that held tight, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think except for except for one rooster that I saw that boiled boiled out and went across the road. I mean, I think we, mm-hmm. I think we pretty much shot the roosters that got up. Yeah. Um, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there were many more in there cause we, the dogs were moving through it. We were yep. keeping them close and there's that old, uh, I forget what movie it's from where it's like, uh, they are who we thought they were. It's like <laughs> the, the, the pheasants are where we thought they were yeah. the whole time. We said, when we get back to that and that's what we were trying to do, right. Is we're trying to corral them all in this one piece. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even at that time on December 27th, that snowstorm we had, pretty much sacked everything in. Hmm. And I think one of the only reasons they were in there is because there was cattails mixed yeah. in with it. Yep. And that's that's where they were. I mean, mm-hmm. we flushed a couple hens, too, if you remember, on that walk. Yep. We'd be walking over some cattails that had five feet of snow in them, and there was a hen. all of a sudden some hens would pop out and yeah. be like, I, there's no way I even know those birds were in there. Yeah. But the, the cattails and the willows, and it cut the wind. And, uh, yeah, it was, just a, it was a really nice walk, mm-hmm. and you could just tell by the body language of the dogs that, Something, something's going to happen at the end of this, and that's that's exactly what, what did. So. Yeah. I remember, like, um, at one point, I didn't even see both either of you in those, you know, in those thickets, and I was just more listening, listening for wing beats or listening for you guys to call rooster. And once you do, you just kind of look up and keep an eye out, you know, and just, you know, I think I took, like, two roosters. Um, yeah. No, one rooster on my side, actually. That. No, you took two. Two. Shot, yeah, yeah, you got two. Jerry yeah. got two, and I got the the final one. Yeah, final that one. was the. He, <laughs> held, <laughs> he held tight too. He didn't want didn't want to get up. Mm-hmm. And there was yeah. a couple hens left in that cattail slew too. But yeah, it was good shooting by the group, and that's yeah. that's exactly how you how you draw the draw those up. So yep, they were holding super tight, and I, good shooting. I don't I don't recall anybody missing on that. No, Dang. I don't think so. No. We got, yeah. we got, we got what ones we saw. That got ups. Yeah, um, it, we went on. We hunted uh, another couple of properties. We had a, a great day. Yeah, it was hard, right? It was heavy snow. Yeah, um, but we ended up with some some great numbers. Totally for a tough hunt. Yeah, and you know we again we drove probably two and a half hours from the Twin Cities from our home. Mm-hmm. And then what would you do, King? What do you mean? What I did? you drove home? Oh, <laughs> and you went to bed. Yeah, and then to, what? And then I got back up at two in the morning. You got say that again. Yep. You got up at what time? Two in the morning. Okay, and uh, headed down to Iowa with my dad. So <laughs> it was uh, talk about hardcore. Yeah, insane in the membrane. <laughs> so we drive two and a half hours down. We hunt all day. Drive two and a half hours back. Yep. You go to bed for let's estimate five, well, five hours. hours. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wake up at two, pack the truck. You're on the road at three. Yep, and driving with dad. Yep, driving your pups mm-hmm. to get down to the Iowa. I'm assuming you went to Northwest, yep. North Central Iowa, Northwest, Northwest Iowa, um, for the eight a.m. 
Well, they started start. start of the day, and that would have yep. been the Wednesday after Christmas. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was fun. <laughs> I live for days like that, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you had really good success down there. That yeah, week. we had limits both days, so we came home with twelve birds. Um, I remember I was like. We're like, oh, let's, you know, divide up these birds. I'm like, no, 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 you guys take them because I'm going to go to Iowa tomorrow and the next day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to have plenty of birds already. Is, but yeah. is that the one your uncle came on with you too? Yeah, he came with us on so that one too. I remember it was t- two days later, maybe three days later, whenever you got back. And yeah. I remember getting a text and it was a picture of you, I think, uh, you and your dad. And you've got the 12, 12 roosters perfectly plucked uh, <laughs> by your uh, – by, by, was it your uncle? Yep, my uncle. Yeah, perfectly plucked on the back of a rooster with the head still on. And I thought, wow, man, what a <laughs> what a success story for two days and the quick turnaround. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> for folks that have listened here for you know the first twenty twenty four minutes of this, right? They heard us, heard me introduce this. At, you know, not that long ago, mm-hmm. you were basically an anti yeah. hunter. Yeah. And now they listen to you for the last 20 minutes talk about, <laughs> you know, the the enthusiasm, yeah. the knowledge mm-hmm. that you have, the, the passion to, you know, sleep a couple hours, get up and uh, drive to another state, <laughs> you know, and at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, let's let's start with your background. Tell us who you are. Yeah. So, again, my name is Kang. Um, you know, I grew up in. I was born in California. I came here uh, when I was three. My parents uh, moved to North Minneapolis and then kind of settled in Brooklyn Park. Um, but, yeah, growing up, I've always loved animals. Hmm. I mean, you cannot catch a day. You cannot find me outside. You cannot find a day with me not being outside. Hmm. You know, I'd always love being outside, looking at birds, looking at the wildlife, you know, catching bugs, everything. I always remember just always wanting to be outside and – I, of course, my dad always hunted. He's like, you should go hunting. And he's brought me along a couple of times. But th- what I remember most of going out with him is just being outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't hold a gun, didn't shoot, didn't want to shoot, you know. Um, so did he grow up in California? No, he grew up in Laos. In Laos. Yep. Moved to California yep. as an adult? Yep, as an adult um, immigrant during the war. So at post-war, he came here. Okay. Uh, Post-Vietnam War, so... California to Twin Cities. Now, did he hunt mm-hmm. in Laos? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hunt in California? Hunt in California, no. Yeah, okay. uh, in Laos, he did a and, lot, though. And then hunt, picked up hunting again in Minnesota. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? I don't know if you know anything about that, but like hunting in Laos. Like uh-huh. what? What kind of spe- What kind of species are are you targeting there? Uh, anything. He my dad tells me anything that moves. So <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> no regulations. You know, like they they. They hunt to eat out there, really, mm-hmm. to survive. If you don't hunt, I was just listening to him the other day. He's like, if your family doesn't hunt or have a hunter, then there's no meat, right? Mm. You know, you save, you think they have cows and pigs, but those are saved for special events, mm. right? S- spiritual events, weddings, funerals, stuff like that. Gotcha. But if you want meat, it's either chickens that you have or you go out and shoot shoot game. So Okay. Yeah, he, he he's always been an avid hunter himself. Growing okay. up, so, <clears throat> but yeah, and then um, he uh, growing up, yeah, uh, I always never liked hunting. I always looked away when we did, uh, you know, uh, we always killed our own cows and pigs, kind of mm. deal like sacrificial stuff. Um, and I always looked away at that kind of stuff. And hated seeing that. Um, whenever he'd bring home deer or pheasants, 
I would never was never interested. Would you eat it? Uh, a little bit, but then not like I'd crave for it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I'd taste it. Would you it. eat beef? Or yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Chicken, yeah, chicken. Just wild game. You're like, eh. yeah, no, yeah, because it's kind of like you know that someone took it from the land, kind of deal. Like huh. it was in, you know, that's how I thought. It's like you're taking an animal, a free animal from the wild that was meant okay. to live out there. You know, huh. that's my thought. And so I never liked hunting. Back so then. you didn't, <clears throat> you didn't kind of like the the death of the wild animal. Yeah, and your experiences going with your dad. That that didn't really connect for you. No, nope, didn't connect it. Yeah. Well, and what, cold or boring or boring. <laughs> I was yeah. like, why are we out here? We don't see nothing. I was like ten, eleven, huh. and I'm like, <clears throat> I just remember, oh, there's a stream back there. I want to go play by the stream. <laughs> so I remember really, or I just remember when we wanting to be just at the camp and sitting outside the tent. Huh. Uh, but going into the woods, waiting for squirrels or deers, I could not do it. Like I just did not like it. Huh? Yeah. So, and what changed? And what changed was I got a hunting dog. That's so you don't wake up one day and decide to get a hunting no. dog and then <laughs> pick it. So how did how did that come to be? Yeah. So yeah, you, you're totally right. You don't wake up one day and say I want a hunting dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, um, his dogs were getting older, and he wanted to breed his dog and. Uh, you know, get a pup from and the what litter. What kind of dog? Uh, German wire hair. Okay. Yep. His name's Taza. He's gone now, but okay. It was one of my dad's favorite dogs, mm. and um, he basically wanted to breed the dog and have a litter and keep a puppy. And I was like, "Well, how are you gonna do that?" And he's like, "I'm gonna buy a female dog and you know raise her and breed her, and then eventually just sell her." Hmm. I'm like, "Well, don't do that, because you know I have this thing for compassion for animals." So mm. I'm like. Well, let me take her then. If you're gonna, if you're just gonna buy her and breed her and sell her, then let me just, you know, keep her and hmm. give, you know. And so, I remember bringing her home. Like, oh my gosh, this is my dog now. Like, okay, so what do I, ha- what do I need to do? What do I need? Like, and that's when it started. Um, that's when it started lighting. It was, you know, started. That's when I started figuring things out. I'm like, okay, she's a hunting dog. So how do I get? how do I give her the best enrichment? And that is to take her out hunting. And so that's when I started dabbling into hunting videos on YouTube. And hmm. the things that stood out the most was pheasants forever, you know? Hmm. That's <laughs> cool. So, yeah. It, <clears throat> so not that long ago, yeah. we had a similar conversation to this on, on KFAN, mm-hmm. talking about, um, you know, your journey to becoming hunter. And you used that same word, enrichment. Mm-hmm. Explain what that – I've never heard anybody use that word. I, I know – or at least I think I know what you're talking about in yeah. terms of um, what you wanted to do for that dog. But put it in what, – what do you mean when you say enrichment? Yeah, like I could have her as a dog and have her at home, go for walks, go for runs, take mm-hmm. her hiking. But that just – that doesn't um, enrich her mentally for what she was meant to do, right? Mm. Which is to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can have an active dog and be active with your dog, but I wanted to give her more. I wanted to make sure that she had the most enrichment she can get, right? And mm. that was from bird hunting, mm-hmm. right? And so I had to take that leap and become a hunter for her. Mm. Um, and I justified killing animals then by saying. This is just a wild chicken. This is just a wild chicken. Hmm. You know, I haven't hunted big game yet, um, mm-hmm. but birds, I look at it as chickens. And so that's how I so got over that. <clears throat> you're 10, 11, 12, going with your dad. Mm-hmm. It's kind of boring. Yep. What, what age are we talking about when 
it's Kaya, right? Yep, Kaya. Kaya, your wire hair, mm-hmm. comes to be part of your small family. <laughs> yeah, I was 27. 27. Yeah. So <laughs> So did you have to go back and take Hunter's education, get a Hunter safety certificate? Did you have that already done as you were growing up and you just didn't act on it? Yeah, I had that already done uh, when I was growing up, but I don't remember it too vividly. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and took that whole. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got Kaya. Yep. And like, I, I want to enrich kaya's existence yes so i'm gonna go back and take hunters at ed hunter yep. safety mm-hmm. yep. okay do you do shooting and stuff like that too or um i went out one time to shoot the gun with okay. uh at the at the range and my dad was like why are you wasting your money going to the range <laughs> like you know <laughs> he's very frugal and uh-huh. so i took my dog to a trainer first of all to uh kaya to a trainer because i wanted to make sure that she was prepared more than me, hopefully, uh-huh. right? And so even my dad was like, why are you taking your dog to a trainer? This will just all come naturally, or this will just all come. Like, we just got to go. That's it. And I was like, no, no, well, let me try a l- little bit different, you know? Huh. And so, yeah, I went to the gun range once uh, just to do some clay shooting, just to make sure that I was comfortable with a gun going out. That was my first time shooting a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, that was exciting, actually, just hitting a clay with a mm. gun. Um, and then, you know, going up, to the hunt it was just more preparing myself mentally and um just learning about what to expect out there okay but it was completely different when what i so i'm getting there yeah (laughs) so i know okay so you went to a trainer yep i know you're um pretty active in navda yep Uh so what was it trainer navda then hunting or did navda come after the hunting started uh navda came after the hunting started okay yep so training then you went hunting yep so I, I'm really curious about because you know we just 20 minutes of just extreme passion. Yeah. And, you know you've only been hunting now for six, six years. years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And super knowledgeable in a six year time frame. Yeah. Right? Talk. Tell me about mm-hmm. when you're taking Kai out on your first hunt. Yeah. Like what that experience is like and. In like when's the moment and maybe it's not the first time mm-hmm. but when's the moment you knew like oh yeah when did it click, when did it click for you yeah. i'm hooked now yeah so the first hunt you know when me and kaya stepped in the field but i was like okay you guys start over here and i'm gonna start 100 yards over here this is you and your dad me and my dad yep, yep. and i'm like what this isn't what they do in videos like <laughs> <laughs> i see a lot of guys just walking in like lines, lines you know mm-hmm. like maybe 20 30 yards from each other and he's like no you start over here i'll start over here just shoot a rooster if you see it i'm like how do you know it's a rooster he's like you'll know it's dark <laughs> i was mm-hmm. like okay and i stepped in this field i'm like this is com- nothing what you would expect um you know from seeing watching videos you think you're prepared but you're not mm. The, you know, you don't know how to walk. You don't know which way to go. You don't know how to read your dog. You were <laughs> man- landscape. Yeah. yeah. You were mentioning that early on you were hunting in sweatpants. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because, you know, I didn't know what to wear, really. I mean, my dad has told me stuff about, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I always trying to disagree with him sometimes. But, you know, like, I need something comfortable where, you know, I can move, be flexible, mm-hmm. and something cheap, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm out there in sweatpants and uh, a t-shirt. Wow. Yeah, and muck boots. <laughs> and so, right. yeah, just walking around. And you know, maybe it wasn't the first time that I realized this is I'm hooked. It was more like going a couple times, and I realized that, you know, 
being a hunter brings you even closer to nature than、mm-hmm. someone who is just observing it or someone who is just studying it, right?、Hmm. Um, because being a hunter means you have to know the species you're targeting, you have to understand、um, what's working and what's not working, right? And so throughout the, the season, my dad was like, okay, there's corn. Here, let's not hunt here because they're still going to go into the corn.、Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that to a person, like, you wouldn't even think that, right?、Mm-hmm. You know, just little things like that. And so at that point, I was hooked. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, hold, holding a pheasant up close, that was great. And just seeing all the wildlife out there that you would not see from just observing, right? You get up close and personal to it. And that's when I was like, okay, I love this. Like, do you, do you remember the very first bird that you? It held in your hand and how it got there?、Um, I think it was the first bird, but yeah, I remember it was like, oh my God, we did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kaya pointed.、Um, Take me through that. Yeah, Kaya, I think Kaya flushed it because、um, I wasn't looking, paying attention, not knowing what I'm doing. She's, that was her first year hunting. She was not pointing as you know, you would, an experienced dog would and flushed, took a, took a random shot at it, and it came down. Kaya picked it up and brought it back, and I was like, we did it. Like, this is. This is, this is what we've been trying to do. And, you、mm. know, I just took a minute to, you know, pet her and, all right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's do that again.、Huh. You know, that was, that, was a, that was a moment for sure.、Huh. Yeah. And so it, it, tell me about Kaya. Because、yeah. it, it really, you know, pivots around Kaya.、Mm-hmm. Yep. Always, always pivots around Kaya.、Um, I mean, I'm out there every weekend. Actually, as many days as I can be out there. Just I, think, yeah, I think you told me, sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah. I think you told me, though, when we went hunting in,、um, in South Central Minnesota, that you hunted every single weekend、yep. of the season, whether that's in Minnesota or Iowa、mm-hmm. or anywhere else. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of days in the field. <laughs> a lot of days and a lot of miles. I think I've put on 80,000 miles already on my. Five year old truck. So,、mm. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I just love being out there with her. It's just watching her learn, you know, watching her grow and watching her even become better than what she was before, you know. Like, this was the reason why we, I, why I started hunting with her is to make sure that she has this enrichment. You know,、mm-hmm. she's getting it now. And so,、um, it's just a pleasure to be out there really with her. So, I, I'm going to ask you. Um, what you would tell your 12 year old self today. So,、oh. so, so think about that.、Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Onyx, our, our national partner,、uh, national sponsor of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, and a sponsor of On the Wing podcast. You can download the app Onyx、um, Hunt at、um, onyxhunt.com for a risk free seven day trial. If you use the code Pheasants or quail, you can get 20% off your Onyx membership. And again, that's at onyxhunt.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're a supporter of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, and you'll be happy to know that every time one of those codes are used, pheasants or quail at onyxhunt.com, they, Onyx, makes a donation back to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's wildlife. Habitat mission leading to more habitat, more wild birds, and creating more public lands for all of us to go and explore. So, 
as I went into that commercial, I teased yeah. a question about, you know, here you are, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're early 30s yep. now, right? Mm-hmm. And you tried hunting as a 12-year-old, and you're like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. It, looking back now, you know, 20 years, what mm-hmm. would you tell yourself? Um, or maybe maybe it's all part of the journey for yeah. you. What, is there anything? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. I mean, if I was to tell my 12-year-old self, if I was to meet my 12-year-old self again, I'd be like, you need to get started now. <laughs> like, yeah? You need to start yeah. now, and you need to go out there and hunt because it's not just the hunting and killing, you know, a pheasant. It's more than that right um me and my dad's relationship has gotten a lot better mm-hmm. uh understanding each other more um and just you know being in tune with nature more too right mm. i wish i would have learned what i had now i wish i would have knew what i knew now back then you know there's a song there <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> and, and you know <laughs> it's rod stewart anyways you know and i was like you know I'm like man imagine if i started when i was 12 i'd know so much by now like, I wouldn't even go out every weekend because I would just know when the birds are mm-hmm. and where they are, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, that's why I've been hunting so hard these past few years is I'm trying to catch that up, you know what I mean? I'm trying to mm-hmm. make up for those years. Well, and I can I can say I think your prowess as a, as a hunter mm-hmm. just – on that one road trip I went with you with and, and some of the conversation I had, I mean, the whole way, the whole way down, you know, Kang's, Kang's sending me text messages. He goes, just, just mark three or four roosters in that field. I just <laughs> dropped an onyx pin and then, you, know, yeah. you keep going and there you look at, uh, you look at, you know, onyx, which is a tool that every hunter should use, but not mm-hmm. all of them use it yet. Mm. And I mean, yours is just, you can hardly see the screen. There's so many, <laughs> there's so many damn X's on that thing and waypoints, you know, which, yeah. is, which is great. So I, yeah, you're, uh, I think you're, pr- that's what probably, um, imp- impresses me the most when I went hunting with you as a mm-hmm. guy that still describes himself as like an adult onset hunter. I, I just think your uh, the way you process things, especially as a bird hunter, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know exactly what you're looking for yeah. and can say like, listen, there might not be piles of birds in this piece, but there's going to be birds right there. Yep. And totally. let, let's go get them, you know? So yep. that was kind of fun on the way down. We're, <laughs> I'm driving with Bob. Kang's behind us with his, with his dog and his stuff. My phone's just go, every five minutes. <laughs> you know, oh, taking a look at oh, Ken, Ken just saw some more sitting out in the field. You oh, know, turkeys like, over there. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So I think no, that's, that's awesome. yeah. I mean, when I was little, I was always observant, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've always just loved sitting out there and watching wildlife, and so it's really helped when I started hunting. Is really easy for me to pick up on what kind of birds or what, and mm-hmm. especially waterfowl. I took a waterfowl hunting too, and IDing waterfowl just came so natural. Like really, me. yeah. Huh. You know, so that was. That was cool. So, it, you know, not to be another spoiler alert, but I will. <laughs> um, so by now, as we record, we're just getting ready to launch mm-hmm. ticket sales for a film fest. And there will be a film about your journey. Yep. Um, so if folks are enjoying this conversation, they can go to the website, pheasantsforever.org. And hopefully, uh, maybe the film fest is sold out. Well, we don't know it at this might point. Be. It went quick it's last gonna, time. It's going to go fast. <laughs> but uh, I bring that up because we will do another podcast with you after the film is released. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the line of questioning that I'm going to save for then is just kind of you, you just touched on it, um, the conversation that I want to have related to you and your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how bird hunting 
and your connection to the dog and wildlife habitat and conservation and organizations like ours has changed your perspective of your dad mm -hmm. and how you think it maybe has changed your dad's perspective of you. Yeah. But we're going to save that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> save that. <laughs> but one thing, you know, you, you touched on your dad hunts and has always hunt, mm -hmm. hunted for food. Yes. Yeah, I get the sense that that's part of your you know why I hunt mm -hmm. but not solely no yeah yeah not solely uh a, a big reason why I hunt too is community mm. and people you know like just like you and Jared here with me today you know um finding my community right and mm. enjoying people that have the same interests as I do you know um and that's when you you mentioned NAVDA they met NAVDA come first or after NAVDA for me came after um, after you started after st getting into hunting yeah, so after my first year of hunting, that's when I joined NAVDA. Hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I love bird dogs, bird dog hunting. How can I find people that like the same, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, okay, NAVDA. NAVDA's one of the biggest dog training organizations out there. And there's a local chapter in our state. And I'm like, okay, well, let me sign up. And then I remember talking to Ralph Rogers. He was the president then of the chapter and he was like yeah you should come on as the vice president i'm like me as a <laughs> vice president for your chapter he's like yeah i mean we're always looking for people i'm like you know and i remember then it's just after that moment it's just meeting people after him and ever since then it's just everyone's so willing and open hmm. you know to help each other you know and that's just that's just so awesome like you can't find that in different community i feel like you can't find that in different communities you know what i mean so. yeah do you attribute that to, well i'll ask it open-ended what do you attribute that connection to um what do you mean like um I, i'm wondering if you think it's the the love of the dogs is uh -huh. a common bond the the being outdoors um or it's kind of the sum of the, all those parts where people I, just I, share you know passion for similar things yeah i think it's just a sum of you know sharing a passion for similar things mm. and it revolves around bird dogs and hunting mm. uh, and pheasant hunting right or mm -hmm. hunting in general um just everyone having that same interest you know hunters are you know probably the most like lips tied people out there not sure anything <laughs> on the, on the yeah. surface you secretive think secretive about yeah. their spots secretive <laughs> But, you know, on the outside, yeah, but, you know, on the inside, it's completely different. Mm. Um, I, I feel like everyone's, you know, out there to help each other, mm. really. And I, I hope so. So, you know, one of the so – backtrack. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we want to talk to you here in a moment is about Pheasant Fest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, we've been trying to do as an organization the last few years is reach out to communities that have – not been real active mm -hmm. in conservation organizations like ours. Yeah. And, you know, it, thinking in, uh, about Omaha and our advertising plan for Pheasant Fest in Omaha last year, uh -huh. you know, the relatively large Hispanic population in Omaha that hunts, that it likes the outdoors. And like, how do we get them to go to Pheasant Fest, right? And Jared's giggling. <laughs> and, uh, we, we bought advertising in the local um, – you know, Hispanic radio station, right? That uh -huh. top rating for um, Omaha, Nebraska, Hispanic listeners. And we ran the Pheasant Fest commercial with my voice. Mm -hmm. And the turnout for that audience was pretty minimal at Pheasant Fest. And we 
we as we look to the Twin Cities, very large Hmong population in the Twin Cities who yeah. we know love to hunt. Mm-hmm. We've never really been successful about pulling them into Pheasant Fest or being part of the organization. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we should probably not use Bob's <laughs> voice, right? And, and that's where, you know, we, we engaged with you. Yeah. And we're like, okay, let's let's do this deliberately, mm-hmm. right? And you started blogging for us. Yes. And doing stuff for us over the past, like, nine months now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, a- as you think about that role, you, you've embraced that role. You're like, yeah, totally. I, I, I want to help pheasants forever totally. and quail forever do why why is that important to you because pheasants forever and quail forever is the leading front for making habitat and you know um making public land for hunters i remember when i started hunting I'm like i didn't know who's making public land how is public land being made when is it being announced i'm like well pheasants forever they're posting a post like you guys are posting up. We just uh, have a new, brand new tract open over in this county. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna need to get more involved with this organization, organization because they're the ones, you know, making that public land. Um, and so, you know, that's why I wanted to get involved with Friends Forever. And um, circling back to the Hmong, the Hmong community, you know, we are a big hunting group, mm-hmm. and I agree, I agree with you. Like, how do we get them more involved? And so. I remember when I started hunting, um, I remember sitting in the office with my, my coworker, and I was like, I want to be an ambassador <laughs> for, like, any organization, any hunting organization. Hmm. I kind of want to be the face, the Hmong face for the hunting community. Hmm. That way I could bring the Hmong community towards um, conservation, right? Mm-hmm. Participating in banquets, participating in conservation. Um, and so I was like, I want to be an ambassador. He's like, and my, my coworker was like, why do you want to be an ambassador? And he's like, I think you should think bigger. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you should start just posting and blogging and being you, have it, sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, they don't look at you as an ambassador, but they look at you as um, someone that, I guess, someone to look up to. You know, from my community. Well, and authentic. Yeah, right? authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. You're not just being tapped. To right. do this for a purpose. It's exactly. Like part of, and put words in your mouth, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> part part of who you are. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> mm. So from that day, I've always been working towards, you know, being a a face for my community. You know, um, recently, the Hmong community, um, they've been taking stages. Uh, Suni Lee from Minnesota, mm. right? She mm. yep. went to the Olympics. Yep. She's Hmong. Uh, we have... By Ying Salor, she is representing Laos in Miss Universe. Hmm. Yep, and she's taking that I saw stage. That, that wasn't that long ago on the news. Yeah, and then now, you know, for me, this is my stage, hmm. and I feel so honored to be able to be on the stage, even at the yeah at the public land stage. Well, and, even like, on the hunting regulations yeah. from Minnesota <laughs> DNR. Yeah, being the first your face. Yeah, there's yeah there's my face being the first Hmong person on the Minnesota DNR book. It's just so awesome um really to be and you're you're also a volunteer with backcountry hunters and anglers yep volunteer for a lot of organizations this yeah. year so what are some of the others <clears throat> um so minnesota conservation federation yeah. uh, i'm on the board there on the board with bha volunteer with delta waterfowl um pheasants forever um 
and what else? I'm gonna. Sh- <laughs> um, <laughs> we already know. We already know you don't sleep. Yeah. yeah. The, the DNR R three committee mm-hmm. and the DNR Natural Heritage Advisory Committee, which is a committee for Nam Game Wildlife. Mm. And so I wanted to join that because I wanted to be a voice for the hunter in that in that right. in that organization. They make sure that they have someone who's a hunter in that. So if folks listening, you know, you, I mean, that's a lot of volunteering. That's a, a lot. lot. That's a time commitment. That's your yeah. personal time. This isn't just a fly by night, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. what, how many hours a week do you give to causes like this? Oh, so many. I think like all my evenings are just spent either writing up something or figuring something out for th- these organizations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, digging deeper. Uh, so like with NHAC. One thing I'm doing with NHAC is... N- NHAC is what? Uh, Natural Heritage Advisory okay. Committee. And so they have a, the SNA program. Mm-hmm. And Scientific and natural areas. Yeah. Yep. And, and so when I started hunting, I was like, I didn't know you could hunt on SNA, pro, SNA, SNA uh, areas. Some right? of them. Some of them, right? right? And so I was like, I need to get into this, pro- I need to get into this group and put in my, you know, my advice and my words and say, what can we do to open it up more hunting on SNA land, right? Mm. Do we need to review what's mm. what's being protected in these SNAs? You know, if it's something that isn't protected anymore, how about we open it up? Right. right? Like, right. let's how do how do we figure that out? Basically, sure. the goal with all these organizations is opening up more public land mm. and doing that. So, if the Topeka Shiner <laughs> and endangered is in, in a, is in the stream, yeah, and that's why there's an SNA to protect it. Mm-hmm. Well, why would it be? prevented from hunting pheasants yeah. on that property. Totally. Right? That's kind yeah. of the kind thought of, process. Yeah, kind of the thought process of what I'm doing in there. Hmm. Um, and more stuff, just other organizations, is really just putting time and volunteering, um, you know, helping them out. So, yeah. yeah. From a from just a personal perspective, living in living in Minnesota, and I know you've hunted other places and traveled other places, do you, do you, uh, do you feel pretty good about the fact that you live in a state that has that has the amount of access we do. Oh, I'm not talking totally. just pheasant country, and obviously, yeah. obviously, we need more. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. think in, in the uh, pheasant country itself in Minnesota, south of 94, like one of the counties out west has you know six percent public land, which is the biggest public land space. So we we need more in the pheasant range. Yeah. But how do you feel about Minnesota in general living here, just as a as an outdoor person mm-hmm. who got into it? Oh, I think there's so much access. There's so much good stuff here. I wouldn't w- want to live anywhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, huh. you could drive, you know, an hour. We already knew that when you picked the Vikings to win <laughs> <Yeah>. the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you look on a map, just on Onyx map, you know, you just see so much green highlighted public lands <laughs> everywhere, you know, and you go to Iowa and they're really concentrated in mm. certain areas. And so yeah, that great lakes region. You yeah. About you know, like and that. so how do you yep. go from one area to the next without having to drive a hundred miles? Right. So mm. Minnesota, you can only, you could probably drive five miles and get to a public mm. land within five miles of each other. Mm. You know what I mean? And I went to Nebraska and for turkey hunting and that was kind of confusing. But mm. I think, like, <laughs> with the whole walking access and what's not, you okay. know, that's just me not really paying attention because we had uh, friends who were uh, familiar with the area. But, you know, I was like, you know, I think our state makes it very easy and very uh, understanding to access, mm. right? You see a yellow sign and that's, you can go there. You know what I mean? I, I want to go back real quickly to, uh, you know, so you're, you're you want to be a voice yeah. for the Hmong hunters. Totally. 
Um, what's the reaction been? What, are, are, um, do people reach out to you and uh, you yeah. get questions? What, what's that been? Yeah, at first, not really. At first, um, not many people reaching out, asking questions, stuff like that. But um, as we've, you know, as, as I've been writing blogs, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that kind of credibility, they've been reaching out more and, mm. like, you know, asking um, oh, how do you how do you how do you hunt? What do you like to hunt? It's kind of you know just simple talk, and even from my friends and family, they're like, "Wow, this is this is the real deal." You know what I mean? Mm. And this is like bringing awareness to just them is I'm happy. The the Hmong community in general, do you know like is there a, is there a hard split between like a percentage that just fish or a percentage that just hunt or or do both? I'm um, just curious. I'm not sure of a percentage. I know they all fish. I can be certain they all fish, <laughs> but when it comes to hunting, I'd say like twenty percent hunt uh, hunts. And you're trying to build. You're trying to build on that number. Yeah, I'm trying to build on that number, and most really having them involved. Even though that number's if if that number's twenty percent, having that twenty percent of my of the monk community being involved with conservation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. At first, I came in when I started uh, volunteering and um, getting involved with people. I'm like. Well, how come there's no Hmong people getting involved with these organizations, mm-hmm. NAVDA, Pheasants Forever? Um, is it because they don't want us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, why? Meaning Pheasants Forever doesn't want you. Right. You're asking that rhetorically. Rhetorically, yeah, right? to myself. Like, yep. does Pheasants Forever not want us, or is there some kind of animosity there? Like, what's going on? So I jump in, you know, with an open lens, and I'm, you know, talking to people and realizing that, you know, there is no, like – there is no animosity or there's no like reason that they wouldn't want us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, cause the mission is conservation. Right. And mm-hmm. so you can take, you should have as many as, as many people as you want. I mean, you should have as many people as you can. Yeah. And so I'm like, how do I get the monk community involved with conservation now? Right. Cause we hunt, we take from the land, especially public land, mm-hmm. but how do we give back, you know? And even if it's just a little bit, through you know being a member with Pheasants sure. Forever, that greatly helps, right? And so, so you know, I, I talked about we're gonna have a f- deeper conversation after the film related to your dad. But yeah. you mentioned early on about your your dad came to hunting to survive, right? Yep. And it was mm-hmm. food on the table. What's his perspective been on the the conservation component of it? He's slowly getting uh, an understanding of it. So you're yeah. making an impact. Yeah, totally. I mean, when I started volunteering he goes why are you wasting your time volunteering Mm. like why are you wasting your money and your time going out there they're not doing anything for us you know and i'm like well how do you know that right Mm. (laughs) so you mean you haven't talked to them or you know read on what they've done and so me taking that step is trying to understand what's going on why is the Hmong community you know a big participant in hunting but not wanting to be involved in the conservation Mm. piece and so it's it's very admirable what you're doing. <laughs> it, it, it really, I mean, Thank sincerely, you. and it, yeah. it, what it's really been beneficial. You know, it's uh, you. You talk about um, what does pheasants forever not want? Yeah, uh, right. Mm-hmm. It's never been that right. As right, you found, it's, mm-hmm. but it's it's always like, how do you best approach to- yep. without putting your foot in your mouth? Yes. Right. Like, yep. how, you, you don't know what you don't know, and right. mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. invariably scared of saying something that's offensive or stupid. Yeah. Or, exactly. And you know, we're, we've become friends to mm-hmm. the point where you can like, 
<laughs> how does this sound? Yeah. Is this right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you know, you can be transparent. Like, yeah, well, I'd say it a little bit different like this and it'll resonate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's for an organization like ours that's trying to have a larger impact with broader audience yeah. for the greater good because the broader audience can move momentum for our mission, right? Totally. The habitat. And yeah. um, for you to coach, mm-hmm. that's as important as, <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. just as important as being, you know, um, um, an ambassador mm-hmm. or, or, or however you want to define it. I yeah. think the other side of that too is like when you, I think some people will take that, that 20% number you throw in like, well, maybe maybe 20% of the Hmong population mm-hmm. hunts in Minnesota. People don't realize like, 20%, if we had 20% of them all being members and right. 20% of them all giving their voice to advocacy for the things that we do, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a lot larger number than people people think in this yeah. in this region in this community. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it's totally admirable what you're doing and and just getting involved in. You know what? <laughs> I'd really like I'd really like to hunt with you and your dad someday. He uh, just sounds you don't he want to sounds, hunt though. <laughs> he sounds like a cool dude. And I'm, I'm gonna at, when he comes to the film fest, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna invite him, <laughs> or I'm gonna invite myself. Yeah, we know one of the two. No. We know you're gonna invite yeah. yourself. <laughs> no, so when I first started getting no, so when I started getting like really involved, my uh-huh. dad was like. Do you have any of your right white friends that uh, have private land we can hunt? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no one has private land like you think, Dad. Everyone has their own land. Like, you know, everyone has public land and they have their own little private land, but nothing has, like, you know, he's like mm-hmm. trying to get get something out of it, too. I'm like, it takes time, or, you know, it's, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not about the color of your skin, Dad. It's about the money in yeah. your pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're. Your personal website is mm-hmm. Minnesota Hunter or M- tell I'm butchering yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Min- Minnesota-hunter.com. Minnesota-hunter.com. That's yeah. the website you created mm-hmm. to kind of kick this off and totally. be out there. And one of the things that y- you'll find tips on there, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I enjoy the most um, is the food. Yeah. The recipes you put out there. The, the one that hooked me was the spring roll oh, recipe yeah. probably a year and a half ago you posted. Mm-hmm. But you're also posting recipes on our site. There was one here recently, which was the red, red curry. curry right? yeah. Yep. yeah, that was really good. I got a lot of, view- I got a lot of views. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's a video, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah video is the whole new thing with social media now. So. Yeah. And mean, you, you're super active mm-hmm. on on social media, TikTok. Yep. Which T- your what's your handle? Minnesota Hunter. So just Minnesota Hunter. One yep. Word. Instagram. Kang Yang One. So yep. Kang K E A K N G. Yep. Y A N G One. One. Yep. Facebook. Minnesota Hunter. Okay. Yep. And Twitter now and again. Uh, Twitter. My name Kang Yang. Okay. Now and again. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I. I TikTok's your top one. Yeah. Instagram's number two. And Facebook. Facebook and then <laughs> YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's extremely active on all those all those ones though. Yeah. And Just, then you can also find your content uh, once a month. You blog for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just do a Google search, Kang Yang Pheasants Forever, and there'll be a blog. Yep. Or a series of blogs. Pheasant Fest. Yep. Pheasantfest.org. You can see the uh, lineup of all the stages, you're going to be on the public land stage all three days, so February 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Just 
essentially, what what is your plan for your stage time on the public land stage at Pheasant Fest? Yeah, uh, my plan for my time is to talk about really community and how to be better, um, how to build relationships within our own hunting community, right? How to let some walls down. Mm. And also how to make sure that we're bringing on new hunters effectively and as many as we can, really. Mm. And uh, having building re- relationships around that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, really, you know, the embodiment of what we've just talked about yeah, for the last hour. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, back to my blog like or my, my kind of my brand, Minnesota Hunter. Uh, I picked the name Minnesota Hunter because I wanted to be – a voice for the hunting community in Minnesota, hmm. right? Um, I could have been like, you know, King Outdoors or, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Minnesota uh, means a lot. Yeah, you. Asian Outdoors. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, instead of Asian Outdoors or, you know, something something outdoors, I want to be like Minnesota Hunter. If someone's going to go in there and want to learn how to hunt in Minnesota, what are they going to, two words that they're going to look up, Minnesota and hunting, right? Hmm. And so, you know, I really pushed my i mean i was thinking about it for days about what, what should i name my brand and mm-hmm. i was like minnesota hunter why, why make it so hard right mm. how do i how do i get reach out to people easier it's also authentic to you right? yeah I mean, totally again mm-hmm. you're such a rube you picked the vikings <laughs> to win the super bowl <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah throw it kurt yeah <laughs> Um, all right. Closing thoughts. We'll start with, with Jerry. What's your, uh, what, what, how do you wrap up this podcast with King? Um, I sort of just want to, I, I sort of just want to thank him. Um, and we didn't really get into, I'll make this very short, but King and I met when he first came to the Washington County Pheasants mm-hmm. Forever Banquet. Yep. And he brought, I think one of your mentees Tu. what's yep. Tu's last name? Tu Zhang. Tu Zhang. Yep. Tu, Tu Zhang. Yeah. And Tu, uh, just a wonderful guy. You won, I think, the handgun of the night or whatever. Was yep. it a Springfield Hellcat? Hellcat yep. at our bank or nine millimeter or something, and yeah. um, just connected with another good buddy of ours, yeah. uh, Jared Harbort, who I talked to him before I got here. <laughs> he says hello, by the way. So yeah. I think the, w- what we talked about this entire time and creating community mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. being more open to bringing people in, yeah, and and sharing some of the good things uh, about upland hunting and helping people be successful. Um, that's what I'm all about too. And I know I've talked about it before on this podcast and, um, having you in the, in the fold and helping us create a new audience, especially in the Hmong community, Mm -hmm. um, which has a very large presence here in the state of Minnesota. I just can't say enough good things about it. And I hope that all those folks, Hmong community, all the communities in Minnesota, I hope they come out to Pheasant Fest and just really see that Pheasants Forever is an inviting organization who exists to put quality habitat on the ground and more public access um, so that we can get more folks like you and me and Bob and everybody else out on the landscape. I, it's it's totally. extremely important to what we do as an organization. Yeah, well said. Mm. <laughs> How do you beat that? Follow, follow that up. <laughs> How do you beat that? <laughs> you, you got a uh, mic drop in you. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, you know, I guess to close it out, you know, I just want to say thank you both, really. And thank you um, to my listener or, you know, to people who follow me as well. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be where I'm at without any of you, really. It's just, again, it goes back to being community and just being open. Like you mentioned at the, at the banquet, that was my first time seeing you. Like, I mean, you clicked it, clicked right away. I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy is so opening, so welcoming. Like, 
you know, how do I how do I hang out with you more without looking without being a creep? Without <laughs> <laughs> so being a creeper. Yeah, like oh, it's all good. It's like, yeah, we we clicked right away. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's just been it's been, and honestly, I'm so sorry, Kang. Kang's text, I'm no no. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> creepers. Kang texted me throughout the fall, like, hey, uh. I forget October tenth <laughs> yeah. or something. You're like this is this is normally normally a huge day down here for like the the Ducks. duck migration. Yeah. Like you got to come down. I got a you six spot. Like whatever. Mm. And we keep talking back and forth about going out, and we never actually did it uh-huh. until Bob, you invited us down mm. to yeah. South Central Minnesota. And honestly, we wanted easy hunt. Yeah, well, yeah, want, <laughs> we have to give a shout out to Kaharski. Yep. For, yes. yep, for giving us access to his private land. Chairman of the board. Um, it was just a, it was a wonderful. And Tim Kraske let us go to Brown County. Fest yep. Oh, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was just a wonderful um, connection. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm a little sad. We just didn't, didn't do it earlier. And I look forward to, mm-hmm. to getting yeah. out more and, and honestly bringing, bringing more people into the fold. Totally. I'd love to come with you and, yeah. and bring out some mentees who have, mm-hmm. haven't done it before. That's, that's what it's all about. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and I want your dad to come with Beat that, Bob. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bob, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. <laughs> this has been really fun. Yeah. Um, but I guess not as much a closing thought as a closing question for you. Um, sure. You're a really happy person. Oh, yeah. Were you always this happy? Or did did hunting and Kaya that, that change your perspective on life? Or you just, no. <laughs> you're just played out happy. I've always been happy. Been yeah. always been like this. My mom taught me to always treat people better than you treat yourself and mm-hmm. um you know or treat people the way you want to be treated mm-hmm. it's just there's no yeah i'm always optimistic for everything there's you know i can't there's not a day where i'm mad if i find myself mad i take the time to sit back and look and decide why why do, why do i feel that way right how mm-hmm. do i why do i feel that way and maybe um put myself in their shoes or mm-hmm. something like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. just always been happy well, <laughs> it's contagious. Yeah. It's it's fun hanging hanging yeah. with you. Um, you know, it, 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 I, <laughs> my favorite part is you, you know, the, you wanted to be closer friends with Jared throughout the <laughs> after meeting him once. Yeah, that's pretty entertaining. I wanted to be your friend too. <laughs> you know, um, you're like 30 year old, and you're like, how do I, it's like it's not high school. You can't just go up in the same class. You know, yeah. how do you be friends, right? So. Right. It, that. But that's, uh, you know, it kind of gets, we, we did a podcast here recently about um, the year, year of the volunteer at Pheasants Forever. Yeah. Right? And we, we talked with volunteers at Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever that are really diehard mm-hmm. giving of their time to the organization. And one of the, the threads was, you know, just the friendships mm-hmm. that are created, whether that's through volunteering at a, uh, as a chapter officer or going to a banquet and meeting people that love dogs yeah. and like the outdoors and, and like bird hunting. And, you know, in this day and age, 2023, you know, we as a society aren't as good mm-hmm. as we were, you know, 20 years ago about yeah. be, being, figuring out how to become friends. Yeah. Right. right. Because yeah. It's like you can friend <laughs> somebody on Facebook. Uh-huh. That's an entirely different level of friendship than, <laughs> you know, being at a banquet <laughs> right. and, and, you know, talking about dogs and totally. hunting. And, and that's, 
that, you know, that's not lost um, when you get connected to organizations. Totally. Like that. Yep. And when you have a commonality, right? Mm-hmm. Like something, the love of the outdoors and mm-hmm. conservation, pheasant hunting. So it does tie right back to what you've mentioned, and you know, the buzzword you've mentioned a number of times. Mm-hmm. And that's community. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Jared's staring at me right now. <laughs> we can, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this, the yeah. whole, the whole community, and just getting involved. It's, it's just been a, it's been an incredible couple months. Just getting to know you and getting yeah. to hang out and likewise um, pheasant pheasant fest. Um, you know, is uh, the culmination of all these different things we've been doing, and I'm just really looking forward to it. I think we're gonna too. have a new audience there. Um, people are gonna sort of find their path to the uplands. Um, and it, it comes through being a mentor and, and mm-hmm. help being a spokesperson for the outdoors. So yeah. great work. Yeah. Lots of different reasons, right? Love yep, of a totally. dog, love of food, yep. love of wild places, or just wanting to be friends with Jared. Yep. <laughs> and on that note, folks, I'm Bob Sapier. Thanking you for listening. Thank you so much to Ken Yang uh, for joining us on this really fun episode. Come listen to Kang on the public land stage at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. We got terrific speakers on all the stages, the Habitat stage, the Path to the Upland stage, um, the, and, and the Bird Dog stage, main, the main stage, main stage. Um, and all sorts of booths. There's, there's friends for everybody to get to know at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. February 17th, 18th, 19th, Pheasant Fest dot org i'm bob st pierre reminding you to always follow the dog something good will rise thanks folks pheasants forever's national pheasant fest and quail classic is coming to the minneapolis convention center on february 17th through the 19th join us for puppy and dog training seminars a youth village for kids a public lands pavilion pollinator and wildlife habitat hunting gear and more than 400 unique exhibitors. It's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic the weekend of February 17th. Presented by Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, and Federal Ammunition. For more information, log on to pheasantfest.org.